Sometimes on Fridays it would just be, I'd be up 24 hours or more. Because we were open until 5 a.m. Doing that Friday nights, Saturday nights, plus the full-time job. You know, when I say I was all in, I was like, I had to dig and find the energy to do that. What's happening? What's good, though? It's your boy, Idrif. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, in case you're wondering. And if you're new to the show, welcome. This podcast is all about leveling up your pizza game. And today, we level up our pizza game through a conversation with my good friend, Sirhan. In this casual conversation, we find out what it's like to straddle the pizza industry. Sirhan has this unique experience of working in his family's pizzeria while at the same time working a full-time job and running a pizza pop-up. Today, his life is more focused on networking, continuing his education, and building up his new brand, Next Level Pizza. Sirhan is an Uni user. And guess what? I am too. This podcast is sponsored by Uni. And if you want to level up your pizza, much like Sirhan's brand, Next Level Pizza, you gotta get an Uni. Now is the time to get your oven. This oven is so diverse. Sirhan likes to make cracker style pizza with this. You don't just, you don't have to just make Neapolitan pizza. You can do so many things with this oven. I personally make Sicilian pizzas. What's important is if you're making pizza at home or on the go, you need something that's portable and can get the high temperatures that you need to make amazing pizza. And that's what Uni can do for you. So make sure to check out the link in the show notes. There's an affiliate link there, and I appreciate it if you use it at no cost to you. Thank you for helping push the show forward. I also want to give a special shout out to our show sponsor, Cordo Olive Oil. At the end of the day, if you want to make the best pizza, you have to use the best ingredients. I first got introduced to Cordo Olive Oil by my good friend Scott from Scott's Pizza Tours. When I took the olive oil tasting class, I could not believe what I was smelling and tasting for the first time. Olive oil has to be used at its prime, and Cordo has been producing the freshest, most flavorful California olive oil in the world for over 15 years. Check out the link in the show notes and get yours today. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember to always ask, what's good, dough? Sirhan, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk. Um, I know we hung out recently, both in New York and Vegas, but being on your podcast, I think it's going to be a different experience and looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. We also hung out in San Jose. Um, that's right. That's right. That's um, right. That's right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun getting to know you and I think, um, it's going to be fun getting to, I guess, go a little bit deeper on this podcast and, and share your story with folks. I typically have one question that I like to start the show with. There's no right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. What's good though? What's good though? So, you know, it depends on when you're asking me this question, because every week I work on a different project. So I'm making different dough every week, whether it's for pizza dough, croissant dough, bread dough, or just any, any other kind of project, it's going to be a different kind of dough. So it's really going to depend on when, 
when you ask me that question. <laughs> okay, well, I'm asking you today, what project are you working on right now? Um, let's see. So this week, I made a sourdough beer and rye loaf. That was one of the breads I made this week. So my dough had a full bottle of Hogarden in it and some rye that had milled fresh with my mock mill. And I baked those yesterday, and it came, came out really good. I was pretty happy with it. Um, I also made some Cracker Thin par bakes for a kind of like an experiment for this private party I'm going to be doing later this month. So what I did was I made these par bakes that I baked in my home oven, and then I'm going to test later today in the uni and finish them off. So for that dough, I actually used uh, freshly ground uh, cornmeal that I also milled, you know, just using my popcorn grounds and then sifting those. And then a third dough that I have, um, just experimenting with high gluten flour, you know, uh, I've been learning more about why and how different protein content is different for different doughs. Uh, you know, you always hear, oh, you got to ferment your dough like two or three days. But like, you know, maybe that's not applicable for every kind of flour, you know, for a higher, it might be better suited for a high, higher protein flour, but not something that has a lower protein content. So just kind of trying to explore what that's like in a higher gluten flour. So that's, that's what's good though this week. Regarding the beer bread. Um... I've never played with that. I've never incorporated beer. Can you tell me, you know, what you're trying to achieve using beer and, and why Hogarden? So I, I had the idea for working on beer bread for this week, and it was pretty late at night. And the selection of beers at the supermarket were too great. And is probably, out of the choices I had, is probably the one that I liked the most. And I, I've heard of people using beer in dough before. Tony Gemignani does it with, uh, I think, Guinness for one of his doughs. Uh, my friend Dave Filomena's, he's experimented with it as well. And I'm I'm all about just like trying different things in dough, just different discoveries. You know, I've done things like, not beer itself, but I've used like spent grains from like a brewery. I'll include that in the dough, and it gives like a really different kind of flavor. Uh, I've included like matcha, cheddar, soy sauce, just like any anything I can think of. I've done like all kinds of just experiments, just for fun, and just to see like what the effects are. That's so cool. Do you have a favorite result um, out of using those different ingredients? Oh man, there's so many. There are so many. Uh, Maybe it depends on the time of year. I've done mm. like a so this was a cool one that I that I really liked. It was like a pumpkin puree sourdough, and I included like a pumpkin puree in the dough. But before baking, I used twine to kind of tie up the dough just enough in like a I guess into like eight different sections. So when it mm -hmm. baked, you know, it, it looked like a pumpkin. And then I just stuck <laughs> like a, yeah, <laughs> I stuck a, uh, a cinnamon stick. It, this is not an original creation. I, I think I just like saw it on Instagram, but, you know, it was really cool. And 
the the chrome itself it was orange and had a nice flavor and you know it's fun like I, you see people do like all kinds of cool stuff on instagram and i think it just inspires you like oh like what else can i do what what different twist can i give it seems like there's uh, some heavy baking going on in that household over there. Uh, just yeah. a lot of experimentation. Yeah. Um, I, I think I was, you know, when I was getting into pizza, um, I asked Scott Weiner, like, you know, what do I have to do, like, to really get better at this? And he's just like, you know, you should learn to make bread. So, you know, I just got a bunch of bread books. I got Tartine Bread, um, Ken Forkish's book. And, you know, I was baking for a while. Um, someone gave me a sourdough starter, Scotty Rivera from Scotty's Pizza Parley. He gave me a starter. So that kind of set me on the path of, or rabbit hole, really, of just baking more and more. So, but I think, you know, as with like half the planet uh, during the pandemic, right? Like, I think everyone <laughs> got into baking. And that was kind of a pastime that I had. I had a 50 pound bag of flour sitting in the basement and just, I'm like, okay, like, I guess this is what I'm going to do to kind of bide the time. Talk to me about your mock mill. I, I didn't know about mock mills um, until last week when I, or yeah, until I spoke with Nikki Justo from Central Milling mm -hmm. and talk to me about that tool and how it's helped you with your bread baking. Yeah. Um, so I guess this is a good way to maybe get into the larger picture of, you know, working with my family's pizzeria. When my family's pizzeria is open, I was trying to figure out a way, you know, to drive attention to the pizzeria, right? So I bought some pans from Lloyd, Lloyd's pans, uh, some Detroit pans. So my family's pizzeria made a style pizza known as New England Greek style pizza which it's not super familiar, but it's kind of like people were from the region, like they're, they're familiar with it. It's kind of like when you see it, you know it. It's a pan pizza that usually uses a blend of uh, white cheddar and mozzarella. So this was kind of right when Detroit style was taking off and it hadn't quite hit Queens just yet. So I was looking into, I was just like flipping through a pizza Bible and I saw you know, the ingredients for for Detroit style pizza, right? And reading about brick cheese and just seeing the similarities with cheddar, I was like, you know what, let me let me just buy these pans and see, you know, just give it a go. So I took just the dough, the sauce and cheese we had in-house, panned it out, put the cheese in the sauce, and just on the first shot, it was like, wow, this is, I can make something really cool with like in existing ingredients. Just real quickly, um, before you continue, um, you said Greek-style pizza was a pan-style pizza as well. What, what were you all using there? Right. So Detroit-style is a square pizza generally, right? Uh, Greek-style pizza is a, a circular kind of pizza. And we were making 16-inch pan pizzas. Um, you know, the pans we had for like, since like 1997. And I don't know where they got them, but... They're just like seasoned aluminum pans. And um, we were using a dough ball, I think that was like 20 ounces or so. But it was it was like a perfect fit to the 11 by 14 Lloyd pan. 
So I, I didn't have to, yeah, like just on the first shot, I, like I had just a great tasting pizza. So, you know, I, I started trying to offer it there and I couldn't quite get people to pay attention to it. So what I did was I started doing like a pop-up at my family's place, you know, kind of writing on this idea that like if the item is like limited edition, if it's like event only, it might drive more attention. So every week, well, every month rather, I would do like a pop-up at my family's place. And this got me into wanting to improve the dough, right? So like every week, every every time I did the pop-up, I'm like, well, what, what can I tweak this time, right? So I was like, oh, let me try a different flour. And the next month I'll say, oh, let me uh, let me experiment with a pre-ferment. And it got to the point where I was like, you know what, I, I, I was, I heard about how Scar's Pizza, right? He would mill his own flour. And that just like unlocked something in my brain. I'm like, like what? You can do that? Like, that's a thing? You can mill your own flour <laughs> for your pizza? So I was like, I got to do that. You know, that's like, that's awesome. So luckily here in New York, we have the Grow NYC Grains Project through Grow NYC Grains. And they're at a different farmer's market every week and luckily for me the one there there was one by my my family's house and they offer uh the grains so i went and got the grains and i bought a mock mill and i just started including freshly ground flour in my uh my pizza dough you know just you know not really knowing like how much to use or like if i'm using the right flour i just like kind of just did it and you know, so from like that point on, I was offering freshly ground flour. So it was like it was like a multi-pillar thing with the the pizza I was offering. It was a new and different style. Um, I was offering premium ingredients with it, and you know that would include freshly ground flour, uh, pre-ferment, um, you know, stand sauce tomatoes, quarter olive oil. So it was it was all part of trying to offer a really good product. So that's what kind of set me down the rabbit hole of milling and, uh, you know, learning about grains and green science, green history. So that's where we are now. Before we get to today, you've done, you know, a whole bunch of pop-ups and I'm sure, sure. the pop-ups back then were different to the one uh, compared to the ones that yeah. you've done recently. Yeah. How, how were they uh, back then? Um, introducing detroit style pizza to a pizzeria that didn't really have it yeah uh was your initial theory of bringing attention to the pizzeria did that work tell me a little bit about that uh, i think it did you know when when i got involved with my family's pizzeria i kind of wanted to be this agent of bringing attention to the place right so that involved learning as much as possible and trying to get up getting a pulse of the industry and what trends were going on so offering that style i think was part of it it kind of did start generating some buzz and creating a name just for myself right and like my name i could kind of attach to the pizzeria and people would start noticing uh the pop-ups at the start were at the beginning i was offering it by the slice so it came to a point where it was like kind of getting like out of hand. 
uh, it was getting like a little too popular and people were waiting like quite a while for their slice. And, you know, I would do the pop-up kind of at the same time as regular business hours. So, you know, if delivery order starts coming in, you know, that's going to kind of get in the way of what we're doing. And, you know, I had to figure out something, something better. So one of the people who attended the pop-up, they suggested, you know, like, why don't you offer like, like a timed uh, offering, you know, like a time slot. So from then on, I started doing like a ticketed system where it was like, you know, at this, at this time, you'll pick up your, your whole pie. So I started, I moved on to the whole pies rather than by the slice. So that, that's what worked for my family's pizzeria. When uh, we've done pop-ups at other places like Philomena's or King of Birdo's, we, we have done by the slice just because I think the logistics are better for it. You know, there's more, or space or we're able to accommodate for it. But generally speaking, I like doing the ticketed whole pie order, you know, just because you can plan ahead. Uh, it's easier. Um, you know, you're just giving a box to, to one customer. And yeah, that's kind of kind of the evolution of that. Did the Detroit pies ever get to a point where you considered maybe we should just serve these instead of the Greek style pizzas because it sounds like it was it was gaining gaining some traction. So I mean, uh, part of why I started doing that was you know I could only change so much at the my family's pizzeria, right? And I think anyone who has worked the family business can attest to this. It's like you can't you can't change everything, and some things are just are not going to give. So creating kind of my own my own separate event was a result of that. Um, I wish there was a way I could have implemented the pizza to the, like the regular menu, but it just, it wasn't feasible. And, you know, keep in mind, I, I was helping part-time, right? This was something I was doing Friday nights and Saturday nights. I had like a full-time job that I had to, you know, focus on during the week. And I don't know if that's something you want to get into, but, um, I think it would help with the additional context, just kind of my uh, I do. my schedule. Yeah. Um, well, let me just say that, you know, we've had this conversation on many levels, and I think I, I love your explanation. Um, people have, or I've always wondered, like, you know, for, for starters, just to, just, just to move it along, um, your, your family's restaurant closed down, and... I guess I've always wondered, you know, if if they would have ever passed it on to you. But I think, um, if I may assume, you didn't want that, right? Yeah. If that was an option. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I kind of get this question a lot, like, well, I got that question, like, you know, are you going to take your, over your family's business? Are you going to open, like, your own restaurant? And I, you know, the intention of, our family's restaurants, even before our pizza rate, we had a bunch of uh, fast food salad restaurants called Salad Bowl, even before I was born. Like my first birthday is, was at one of our our restaurants. So I've grown up with family restaurants. Um, but these were, you know, the intention was, you know, with I think most immigrant families, it's just, it's a means to raising your family, right? So. You know, it was a job. 
yeah, it was it was a job and just a means to an end. And it was always on like the, the periphery for me. So our the pizzeria opened in ninety seven, and so the, the when we opened, so our our pizzeria was in Astoria, Queens, which was like a very you know like kind of quiet part of town at the time with was residential and families. Uh, over time, it became quite gentrified. Uh, the neighborhood changed pretty dramatically. And around 2015 or so, we had to relocate when, you know, this like peak story of gentrification. And, you know, when we were, when we were relocating, my family's like, you know, can you help us with the, the new location? So this was also when, uh, you know, I was friends with Scott Wiener and just kind of learning about the the pizza scene. So I was kind of, I was like, okay, let me just pull my resources in and just go all in, all in with this. So my my intention was never to take over or to open a restaurant. And I think opening a restaurant would actually impede on my my goals with the pizza and baking, if that makes sense. You know, I, I think yeah. with what I have, I have flexibility to to keep learning and keep networking and keep connecting. Um, you know, if I had a restaurant, I would have to focus on the restaurant, right? I have to focus on bills and focus on the overhead, and I wouldn't have time to do these projects. So, you know, by having grown up with uh, the family business and having, you know, worked at a pizzeria for for many years... I think I've kind of gotten, you know, and, and coupled with like, you know, just having gone to school and had kind of like an office job, you know, I, I've kind of lived both worlds and I'm able to kind of speak the language of like a restaurant or pizzeria owner, but kind of have this different viewpoint as well. So I'm trying to use my unique position to my advantage, right, in acquiring more knowledge and skill. The way you've described it to me in the past was that you straddled the pizza industry, right? One one leg in, one leg out. Uh, the other leg is in freedom, professional development, working a nine-to-five job. And yet you still have the time to be in pizza part-time, let's say, to, you've used the word network and learn. Um, I I guess you say that having a business was a means to an end. What What is your goal with networking and learning? You know, I, I think because I was devoting so much time, not just devoting, like sacrificing time and effort with my family's place, uh, I kind of wanted something out of it. You know, just like, I, I obviously wanted to help my family, but also just like for myself, I was like, I, I guess I saw like a window of opportunity there where it's like, you know, I have a chance here to learn something different that not everyone has the opportunity to, not everyone would have the opportunity to, to do so, right? Like I, I have this chance to learn something different and connect with people in, in, a, in a very unique way. So I basically took the opportunity and just learned as much as I could and um, still, still learning, you know, and I'll, I'll probably keep learning for for quite some time i i also i i do want to make this point though like i don't consider myself like a substitute for 
like an, a full-time pizzeria owner uh, just because I have like the utmost respect for uh, you know restaurant owners and small business owners who just like work their butts off keeping those places open and running um, you know I I think part of what I do is trying to show respect and understanding for what they do and that's why I enjoy connecting with them you know um, there's tons of restaurants and pizzerias out there that you know I, I don't think are they, they just kind of are under the radar and just they're just doing their thing and you know they're not going to be on a podcast or featured in an article or something like I wish I wish they would be you know um, you know they, they have to go through so much just to keep the place open whether it's like the the fridge or cooling system breaking down during like the hottest day of the year and then the health department coming and just like giving you writing up all these violations it's just like you're just trying to <laughs> you're just in your best right and like uh i wish people were more understanding of that but you know those are those are people who have so, you know so much respect for um yeah but th those were members of my own family you know um but yeah, I, I just wanted to make that point like i'm not exactly the same as them because it, it just wouldn't be fair to consider myself as much but i think there is kind of this section in the industry where you, know, you have like home pizza makers and writers and uh like people have podcasts about pizza you know it's like we're kind of exploring the culture of pizza and just being able to participate in a way that's like different than the traditional scenario you can network and learn forever um but do you think that's all you want to do with pizza i i think i cast such a wide net when um i kind of made the decision to take my pizza learning even more um and i think like my desire was like it was just like so strong that i was just like okay i gotta do like everything i gotta learn like every style i gotta like talk to every person i can um so in terms of like where i am i think the term I use a lot is like gray area. You know, it's like, okay, like I was in a restaurant, but it wasn't full time. Um, I bake at home, but I also try to do writing. It's like, I don't think I've really boxed myself into like any single category. Um, just because mm -hmm. trying to go into each category, I think you learn right from each one. So right now, I think I'm trying to get more into the pizza education space with, uh, with writing, but, you know, I also, I really enjoy, and I did enjoy when I was at my family's pizza, just like talking to customers and making pizza for them. So it's, you know, it's, it's straddling different lines, really. Yeah. You don't have to be fully locked down to one thing. Um, I'm not, and I don't, I don't know that I've, that I ever will be. That's just not my personality. We got to yeah. play on that. Um, but I am curious to know, like, what do you want to do with education? That sounds, that sounds fun. Um, you know, I, I think I've learned quite a bit and with like all this experimenting and baking and pizza making just over the years. Um, 
it's not so much I want to like teach recipes, but more I guess like my philosophy and approach. I'm I'm like very big tent when it comes to pizza, right? Mm-hmm. Like I so my family's pizzeria it it was a pizzeria named Boston Pizza in New York City, right? Which like right right away it's just like something that's like wildly different, right? Um we weren't like a New York style pizzeria. So just growing up with a different style, right? Like that's just I I think I'm like just hardwired to being exposed to something different, right? So I think with like with the the philosophy that I want to teach is that it's okay to have like a different approach, right? Because that's the background that I came from and now I now I'm learning about all kinds of pizzas. Right, all, all kinds of styles and all kinds of pizza cultures and histories. So, when I say I'm very big tent when it comes to pizza, like I, I want people to be okay with taking different approaches. Right, I think people can be like very absolutist when it comes to pizza. It's like no, there's only this way to do it, and like that's that. Whereas I'm more, I'm more flexible. Not, not that I don't respect traditions like i i traveled all the way to naples and like got to witness firsthand uh you know neapolitan pizza culture and history and like i have respect for i have respect for new york new york's own pizza culture and history in chicago so you know but you know i i try to keep it very big picture and try to understand that this is people taking flour right which originated in the the fertile crescent and making a paste using heat and putting some kind of topping on it right and i I think with we kind of get lost in the semantics like oh this has to be this style and this way only it's just just like look at it for what it is and then you can use that to learn Mm -hmm. something i appreciate that because yeah pizza is so flexible i didn't grow up italian i uh I'm guilty of putting hot Cheetos on my pizza, whether you agree with that or not. <laughs> um, yeah, that's you, man. Good, yeah, right? if you want to do that, like, <laughs> that's there's me. no reason why you can't. Um, right, right. Yeah. You're on, the other, you're on the other side of the country. It's going to cost me a lot to come there and wag my finger at you like, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> but you can do it virtually. <laughs> sure. But I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't. You know, like, maybe I'll try it sometime. Yeah. Maybe. And so you have your philosophy down, um, which seems like a very open-minded philosophy. And you said you were interested in writing. I guess to to which medium do you see yourself most doing uh, your education? Um, so I think I kind of already do this through Instagram uh, with some of these longer text posts. But I think mm-hmm. just the pa- the the platform is just inherently kind of not meant for for long reads some people some people will read it right but it's i think it primarily is like a visually visual based platform right um i'm hoping to do more kind of a blog which at this point in internet technology might seem kind of ancient but antiquated yeah antiquated uh but i think it's a good way to kind of get out a narrative and kind of speak to maybe, maybe an audience that's like more interested in that, or maybe just like, you know, have different platforms kind of in tandem 
And I, I think, you know, when you do, there are different approaches to educating people, right? There's like, you can give them like little nuggets, like on a story, something that just like really stands out. But, you know, some people might actually go on like Google Scholar and like dig for scientific papers <laughs> and, you know, look for the abstract and just really, really get in there. Um, yeah, there's, there's different ways to educate and, you know, there's experience, you can share experience or you can share just a boatload of knowledge. So I, I just think this is all really fascinating and I want to just share my fascination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you're, you're running experiments yourself and you're testing them all out and yeah, like you said, you're fascinated. Is there any other reason as to why you want to share the information that you've gathered to other people? Um, I think it also just helps me learn, right? Like by communicating the information, I have to kind of express it, right? And like to express it, I have to really know what I'm talking about. So that, that would be a big reason, I think. Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember reading somewhere, uh, when you teach something, you're learning it twice. Exactly. Uh, you got to learn it the first time, and then you got to make sure you've learned it when you're teaching somebody. Yeah, it's it's really like you're like uncovering these secrets, right? Like this really big thing, and I guess kind of like a, like a paleontologist, like kind of chipping away at the dirt and like, like slowly but surely, you're, you're finding something. And it's like, it's, it's, mm. I think when you keep an open mind with it, like you're able to find relevant knowledge, like wherever you go. Uh, like one time we were vacationing upstate and we went to like a, like an antique store. And I found this book from, I think it was Time Magazine that they published in maybe the 1950s or something like that. And it was about Middle Eastern cuisine. And there was a chapter there just about wheat and its origins, right? And it was talking about like the Fertile Crescent and like how it was uh, because of the Kurdish women who would like go out and uh, do like the, the gathering and they were able to find the plants that like, I guess were the original form of wheat. And it was because of them that you know, you know, jump back, jump thousands of years later, like that it's from there that we, we have wheat, right? So it's like, just from <laughs> just a chance encounter that I find that book, I'm able to find something that's like relevant both to like my family's culture and also just the, the thing that I've been trying to learn the last couple of years, just like bread and pizza. Wow. What a crazy, uh, discovery and remind me, what is the, uh, is Kurdish? Can you clarify what Kurdish is and the um, the crescent? Um, so the Kurds are, I would say, the largest ethnic group in the world without their own nation. So my both my families, but both my parents are from Turkey, uh, but ethnically my mom's Turkish and my father's Kurdish. So I mm. you know I identify as part Kurd, and the fertile crescent. We could we can use technology, right? Right to just like look up. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Let's look it up right now, just to get. It. Yeah. I, I can describe it, but I think this would give us a much better answer. So it's it's that region of the Middle East, right? That's like 
it spans between like Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, uh, Turkey, Egypt. Um, it's basically the cradle of civilization, right? Because it's one part of the world where, I guess, agriculture and farming kind of started. And yeah, this is kind of like one of the birthplaces of civilization. And wheat. And wheat. And wheat. That is uh, like a, that's such a great discovery to be able to find those two things, um, you know, at a cross section, your discovery for pizza, and then just discovering how you have a deeper relationship with it through your roots. I wish yeah. I could say that. Yeah, I just like finding connections between things. I think that's, that gives you again, like a big picture of any topic and you kind of connect these dots and it helps you learn. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me then, cause we've, we've kind of uncovered the whole learning aspect of things sure. and, and you say connecting the dots. Um, talk to me about the networking part. Like, you know, what do you, cause you can learn all you want mm -hmm. and, and then you can write about that. But then the second part of what you want to do with pizza or what you love about pizza and what you continue to do is, is just the networking. Yeah. How do you how do you apply that um, to your pizza life moving forward, or what what is its uh, use case in your life? I mean, I just like meeting and talking to people. You know, I think the learning is just a byproduct of that. Um, I just enjoy these these connections with people, and I think by having been involved in pizza and having uh, had a family business in it, I have this unique thing that I'm able to connect with people and like. It's it's a unique thing, right? It's like I might not be connecting with these people otherwise, right? We have this kind of bridge that we can form between ourselves, and I, I'm able to connect with people who I otherwise would have no other connection with, right? And I I think it's just really cool that like through pizza, I'm able to meet all kinds of people, like people from all walks of life and all over the world. You know, it's 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 uh it's this vehicle that I've been able to use to you know build friend friendships and just learn about different approaches to ultimately the same thing. Yeah. And and one of those connections that you've you've mentioned um on multiple occasions in this conversation is, you know, that, that connection with Scott. And recently he had you um he invited you to participate in the summer pop-up that they, that you all were hosting over yeah. at, um, is it for chips? Yes. And it was hosted at Russo's, uh, deli. At Russo's. Yeah. At one of yeah. their locations in Brooklyn. So for, you know, anyone's listening, it was just every week there was a different pizza maker for this pop-up that slice out hunger was hosting at Russo's and, the proceeds, well, part of the proceeds went to, to Chips on 4th Avenue. And basically their mission, I'm going to find their exact mission here. Give me a second so I can get it correct. Give me a second. So per their Instagram, it's a soup kitchen and shelter for homeless pregnant women and infants 
and they've been serving Brooklyn since 1971. So the proceeds from the event, part of the proceeds from the event went to the chips. Uh, it was a very cool event, and I, I was very honored to be a part of it. Uh, partly because like there were such big names who were the featured pizzaiolo. There's there was uh, Miriam Weiskin, the Zao Report. There's my friend Nicole, Last Dragon Pizza, uh, a couple other pizza makers. But you know, just I, I think it's just a sense of being validated as a pizza maker, right? Because you know, I say that I I'm kind of this gray area, but you know, not having a shop or like doing events on the regular it's kind of like you know am i a pizza maker am i like am i something else it's just like being able to put on an event like that it's like yes like you're you're a pizza maker and um yeah it's just a big honor to have something like that the event the event was very cool yeah um so each pizza maker had to do a margarita and then a specialty pie and my specialty my specialty pie was something i called the ala norma turca which was a eggplant pie finished with uh, garlic yogurt and some olive oil and chili flakes. So this was kind of an homage to uh, my family's culture. Um, eggplant with like garlic yogurt sauce is like a traditional Turkish dish and I grew up with it. My mom would make it a lot. So I was happy to be able to offer that. And it's like two fermented products on each other, right? You have the you have the dough, and then you have, like, yogurt on top. So it's, like, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. It, it was, like, a visually a very cool pie. The the uh, the olive oil and the chili flakes on the white yogurt, like, the colors just kind of, like, really stand out. So I really enjoyed that. I love that. I love that on so many levels. You have, you know, a pizza that is visually appealing. I'm sure it's tasty because it's coming from you. And it touches on pizza that you know or excuse me and it touches on food that you grew up with and you're combining that with food that you love today yeah yeah i, I like you know going back to kind of flexibility i like when pizza makers are able to kind of express themselves to the, through their pizza making right like nicole russell right she does like a lot of pies that express her her jamaican heritage and roots on her pizzas um there's like Ann Kim in in Minnesota. I think she has like some pies that Pam Osh like her Korean heritage. Uh, Sarah Minnick in Portland, right? She has these incredible pieces that that are like I think maybe forty percent whole grain and have tons of vegetables, a lot of which I've never even heard of. But like she's able to express that that's what she values, right? Like a very uh, fresh seasonal ingredients, uh, kind of like what Dan Rotz is doing, right? Like this is what they value and they're able to express that through pizza making. And some people, they, they just want like a traditional pizzeria and that's fine. You know, and that, that's something they can express through their, their pizza making. Yeah. I'm still trying to find out how I uh, express my, uh, love for Filipino food um, in pizza. I've dabbled in it. 
I know you're a fan of the Longanisa pizza that you made. Um, yeah. I've made one myself. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is listening, Longanisa is like a, uh, like a Filipino sausage that's sweeter, sometimes spicy. Goes great with garlic and egg. Yeah. And some uh, pickled vegetables. And, you know, these are the these are the typical things that, you know, I, I would consider it balance. You know, fatty, salty, yeah. acid, and, uh, you know, uh, be on the lookout for that. Filipino pizzas coming your way soon. <laughs> yeah, it, it's they're made for each other, you know. And actually, I think that uh, it just reminds me of kind of why I kind of have this open-mindedness with pizza. It's, it, I think it's because I'm... I'm a Queens kid, right? I came from Queens, which is a part of the world where you have basically everyone. Uh, you ever play Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? Like the tagline is, everyone is here. That's that's basically what Queens is, right? Like everyone from all over the world is here. So just growing up here, you're exposed to all kinds of cultures, all kinds of peoples. So, you know, I grew up eating like samosas and tacos and just food from all cultures and just meeting people from those cultures. So now, now that kind of food is like nostalgic for me. Right. And now it's like, Oh, I want to put it on the ultimate nostalgia food, which I think pizza is right. Like I've done like uh, a longanisa pizza, but I've also done like a, an elote Detroit or I've done like a, an Okonomi Detroit. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I put the, the toppings from a food that my mom made from, my my turkish heritage on a pizza so it's it's about expressing it's about expressing yourself it's about expressing yourself and connecting your experiences and creating something um through your through your through what you've learned through what you've experienced it goes back to connecting and learning kind of like what you've been doing this entire time oh my goodness yeah yeah i, I think the the pizza industry is like it's in a very cool state right now because we have all, all kinds of people, right? Like, you know, thirty plus years ago, it was more just uh, middle-aged Italian men, right, working their tech ovens and just making the same kind of pizza using the same ingredients, and it's kind of splintered off into just people doing kind of putting their own touches, their own spins on it. And coming up, coming up with like brand new creations, and it's it's just awesome to watch. And that's what's cool, right? Like, like you get to just being in in this industry, you get to meet those different kinds of people. Yeah, it's it's super exciting to to not only watch it from afar on IG or YouTube or listen to it on a podcast, but to actually, you know, take part in it. Um, and uh, and meet those people who are pushing p- uh, pizza forward. Absolutely. You are um, also pushing pizza forward in your own way, um, and you kind of you kind of uh, mentioned the the game reference earlier of Super Smash Brothers. You're actually <laughs> starting a new uh, a new I don't know should I call it a brand? Yeah, that's what I'm calling it for now. I'd like to explore your brand a little sure, bit. Sure, yeah, we can do that. Uh, but I think that'll actually cool. help me because I'm I'm still trying to figure out what that is. So let's do it. <laughs> let's okay. talk about it. Um. So my new brand is Next Level Pizza, and you know, part of this is because I 
my family doesn't have a pizzeria anymore. So I'm, I've been kind of just operating in my name, which, as I mentioned, is kind of useful in an industry full of like Tony's and Anthony's and John's, right? Um, it helped me stand out. But I wanted to kind of create something that was a bit more focused and to kind of house my projects and, uh, and just like create something new and different. So it's Next Level Pizza and the name, it, it's not to really state that what I'm doing is next level, uh, but it's more speaking to what's been my mantra with pizza making ever since I got started. It's, it's been, what do I need to do to kind of get to the next level? Right, so it's what what project do I need to work on? What article or book do I need to read? Like, who do I need to talk to? What do I need to do to get to the next step? Right, and it's like it's a play on words on kind of like a video game reference. It's you know getting to the next level in the game. And my logo, it's kind of the directional pad that you'd see on like a like a Super Nintendo controller. And there's little pizza slices on each direction. Uh, so. If you want to read deeper into it, it's kind of also saying like, you know, you can go in different directions with your pizza making. So uh, it's a very simple, straightforward logo, but that's the brand. Uh, my hope is to, you know, just launch a website with like a blog where I can share my experiences and recipes and just thoughts on pizza. Um, and you know, this would be the thing that I would, that I would operate my, my events under. It's just, it's, it's the thing that I created, right? And I think that's kind of, that is the next level I have to, to go to with my pizza making. Um, it's not a restaurant, right? It's it's just the brand that I'm going to be using. So, you know, I, I think it's something I can use to kind of get creative. Um, I was up until like two last night, just learning how to use Photoshop and layering and, uh, but it's fun, right? It's it's again, it's another tool that I'm using to to learn something. Dang, I like how you went deep there about the whole. Uh, you can go in any direction that you want. <laughs> that was super interesting. Yeah. Props for that. So I mean, this it's it also pays homage, I guess, like my younger self. Uh, I grew up with video games. I still remember when I first played um, Duck Hunt on the NES, mm. and like just like. You know, like your mind is just like blown. Like, wow! Like you can interact with technology in this way, and it's like it's just so fun, right? And um, yeah, I, I grew up with games, and they're just something that's they're just very dear to me, right? Um, you can ask me about like any era of my life, and I can tell you like what game I was playing at that time, and uh, sometimes they they help you get through you know like diffi difficult times in life or you'll remember like a happy time when you're playing a certain game but like a really quality game you know it's like quality pizza or quality quality bread right like a lot goes into it and um it's something you can appreciate that's so interesting because i i see pizza like that um it gets me through hard times it gets me good through good times when i when i think about like a certain day or a memory, um, if pizza is associated with it, I'll remember it more quickly. Like if I'm thinking about, um, my trip to Crater Lake, um, 
or excuse me, uh, Bend, Oregon, uh, I think about the pizza uh, that we ate at for happy hour that yeah. had only vegetables on it, pickled vegetables, I believe. And I'm able to remember that just that time a little bit more vividly because I've attached it with food or that, that smell. Yeah. It's nostalgia. And yeah, I, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I think pizza and video games are like two of like the biggest nostalgia cultures that I can think of. So I, I, I thought putting them together would be, would be just a lot of fun and would resonate with a lot of people. And I think it did when I kind of did the, an announcement for it, like a lot of people were very excited about it. I, I, I just have a logo <laughs> for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to slowly but surely get something off the ground here. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, next level pizza can just, can be whatever, but I think yeah. um, when you fully, when you, when you write that down of, the whole nostalgia thing and I, I think it becomes even more special you know nostalgia is incredible how... yeah I'm oh, sorry go ahead no I was gonna say nostalgia is just an incredible thing um it's just I, I don't know how do you describe a feeling right it's just it's it's just I don't know if it's like some kind of endorphins and serotonin being released in the brain but like it's such a good feeling like when you see something like that just takes you back um there are a lot of these like retro and like like eighties nostalgia Instagram pages and like sometimes sometimes I'll call, come across something I'm just like, oh my god, like I haven't even thought of that thing in like ages. And it just like you almost feel like a little tiny like a microscopic explosion going on in your brain. Right. Well, I mean you can do your best to uh describe nostalgia or like the way you've um experienced it for yourself, but no one's really gonna get it, right? Everyone experiences it differently. For sure. And yeah, I, w- I would never be able to relate to you on how video games, Duck Hunt, you know, the old school video games like that make you feel, but sure. Um, but uh, I know it's important. I can because I've I've had that similar feeling with just food in general. Um, walking outside and and smelling the sun and being at national parks, those are the things that give me nostalgia and that that yeah. feeling of that that fullness. Yeah. So. Uh, so I I respect I respect the uh the video games for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I think it it resonates with a lot of people, right? Um, you know, gaming is a big thing, right? It's like huge, it's huge now, like multi million, probably multi billion dollar industry, and there there are aspects of it that I'm just like I'm not even familiar with anymore. Um, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Evo, which is like a fighting game tournament thing. And like the fighting game community, we we talk about pizza community, there's like a fighting game community, right? And like, there was a time when they would host these tournaments on like campuses. And there's like these, there's old, old footage on like these old camcorders of the tournaments. And they're on like these old CRT monitors on the really heavy TVs. And this is from like 2000s, early 2000s. That's where they started, and was it last year or maybe two years ago? Sony bought Evo for like an undisclosed sum, you know, probably a lot of mm. money. You know, it's just like just seeing something grow like that's like it's crazy. And pizza, right? Like pizza at a time was I don't, I'm trying to just draw this parallel here, but like there was a time when it was considered like an exotic food, right? It was just something that was 
offered by the Italian community. But now it's like it's made itself yeah. mainstream, just like games. I would say, right? Like they they've both become just mainstream. But you know, people have memories and nostalgia for uh, the roots of, of both of them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more parallels from you about pizza and gaming. I'm trying to look up pizza industry valuation right now uh, because the video game industry is worth $173 billion. Yep. Pizza is up just about $60 billion more. And while that sounds like a lot of money, and I think in reality, uh, they're, that's very, very close. Yeah, and, you know, everyone's got to eat. Not everyone plays games, yep. but, you know... True. Yeah, True. I would say pizza is definitely more relatable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, both billion-dollar industries, man. Um, I think another part of this because, like, so my family's pizzeria uh, back in the '90s, in like I think I think the early 2000s, we had uh, arcade machines in the back. You know, so I, I kind of associate uh, gaming closely with pizza because I think in part of that. Um, I think that was just a common thing for a while, right? Like having arcade machines at a pizzeria. Uh, there was like that one scene in Seinfeld with uh, George Costanza when he finds the Frogger machine, where he got the high score when he was when he was a kid, and the, the pizzeria is going to close down. And he's trying to get the machine out of the pizzeria back to his apartment so he could save the high score. <laughs> so I, I think like yep. the two are are often. Closely related. At least they were at a time. I don't. I don't really see arcade machines at pizzerias anymore. The last one I saw saw those at were uh, was at Lars's Pizzeria when we went together, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. And but he built that intentionally, right? Like because he was trying to play to that 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 gaming nostalgia, right? Um, just like Brian Spangler at Pizza Shoals. Um, you know, he has arcade machines. Granted, they're like older, like Pac Man era machines, but. This was definitely a thing that people did. Yeah, it's uh like it's connecting that nostalgia again, the two together, and um, you know they're they're expressing the way they saw pizza back then, uh, yeah. and and they're bringing it to uh, to people today, introducing it to kids. I think it's uh it's dope what they're doing, and I think it's dope what you're doing, connecting the two things, um, pizza and gaming. Awesome. Thank you. I mean. We'll see where it goes. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, I have a lot of ideas. I just gotta gotta focus. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, that's what you said, right? You you created this brand so that you could be more focused. Yeah. And um, do you feel that you know being in that gray area of pizza, as you described it earlier, has um, led you to be unfocused at times? Um. I think I've learned that you need to learn how to hone your focus to help you grow, right? Uh, but at the same time, it's like I've had this kind of openness, right? Where I've left myself open to different ideas and different experiments, right? So it's, I guess it's hard to describe, right? It's like, it's like a, it's a kind of focus, let's say. Mm-hmm. or a modified focus you're you're at, yeah well the fact that you have this um 
flexibility has given you the opportunity to experience different things, going to Naples, going to Expo, and and really just learning more about yourself and what you want to do. And and I think um, I just want to congratulate you on on Next Level Pizza because uh, it seems like you know uh, you have something that you want to share with the world. Um, a little bit about you, a little bit about pizza and gaming, a little bit about just, um, just it, it's a platform for you to express yourself. And, uh, and I dig it. Yeah. That's better than I could have ever described it. Thank you. For that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I felt like it was a little, uh, tangential. Oh, not tangential. Uh, it, it was a little rambly. So maybe you can clean that up a bit. <laughs> well, that's going to be your job, I think. Right. <laughs> yeah i guess i could describe i don't know how much more i could describe it here but i think even like within the last week or so um some of the posts i've been doing on instagram like i've used like music from games that i like um mm. they're I, I made a reel recently i've been getting through reels like on instagram i've ignored them for i don't know how long they've been available for but like i made a reel yeah. like after pizza expo that was pretty fun putting that together uh oh. but I, I made a reel on like milling grains and nice. i use a, a song from uh super mario rpg which is a game that came out in, like 1996 and there's okay. this one song uh the, the forest maze which is like it just man you, you hear that song it just like you can't get out of your head so um so that song is in the maze and i was saying that milling is kind of like it sends you down this like maze of like possibilities so it was just kind of fun putting those together and getting my creative juices going. Ooh, I, I, you can. Nice. It is. Uh, yeah. It, it reminds me of discovery. Exactly. Exploration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ho hopefully I don't get a copyright strike on this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. M M Michelle, my, my girlfriend was like, you know, it, it, it's very Harry Pottery. <laughs> <laughs> That's dude. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of is. I was going to say, like, you know, that to me, that's what gaming has always been about, right? Like a sense of wonder and discovery, right? And I think that's what I've found in pizza making over the years, at, at least from my, my own experience, right? It's been about discovery. So that's kind of like the parallels I've seen between the two. That's my own personal experience. Yeah, I like that. You know, I I, I um I appreciate uh, uh it even more because we're we're kind of um you know talking about just like how deep this really goes. Um, you know, you have discovery, you have nostalgia, you have the quest, uh, or that is discovery. Um, and and really, and how it's just connected to your experiences and you. It sounds like the ideal brand. Uh, I think you hit it on the head. I, I do want to add here, like, I don't want to give this perception that I think pizza is all, like, sunshine and rainbows, right? Uh, like I touched on earlier, it, it can be very hard for pizza makers and restaurant owners, just, like, the things that they have to go through, uh, keeping the shop running, right? Uh like my my parents have had to work like seven days a week, especially with our our last restaurant, you know, uh, up until like four or five a.m. every day doing deliveries and like freezing cold weather. 
Um, so I, I don't think it's an entirely, you know, again, I don't want to say it's sunshine and rainbows, right? Like I've, I've, I've seen that how difficult it can be and like just how brutal it can be sometimes. Um, but I think with what I've done over the years, I wanted something good to kind of come out of that. Right, kind of like the, I, I guess the analogy is like the lotus in the in the muck and the mire, I think is the, the analogy some people use, but like just making something good coming out of that. You know, it's, it's I was able to bring attention to like my family, the restaurant, their story, and just like being relevant, right? So, so now people know, right? Like, and that's that's like a good I was able to bring out from the difficulties of having a restaurant. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't easy, but you know, it's just something that uh, something we we had to go through uh, all those years, and I think. Now, you know, having lived through all that, I have, I have to create something, something new, right? Now that we don't have a restaurant anymore, but there's a, a new good thing I can create. The Phoenix rises <clears throat> from the ashes, right? That's another it's one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you know, the, your parents' restaurant is, um, is officially over, but this kind of sets you free a bit. You don't got to worry about that anymore. You you can you can focus your attention on on, on doing you really, um, but then you also are appreciative uh, of the experiences that you got with it, um, with uh, running a restaurant, actually being in there, growing a restaurant, drawing attention to it. Um, it doesn't sound like you would have you know done it any other way, uh, but just in case, do you have any like? not regrets or anything but like is there anything you would have changed with that experience you know I, I would say or the outcome I would say with having I, I think at the, kind of like the start of all this when I was at the pizzeria I was like okay you know what like I need to make this an experience that I won't regret right mm -hmm. like I, I wanted to take the opportunity and even if it was difficult to, to kind of get that good out of it and kind of build my own story. Um, and that was, that was a mentality that I took with, with, you know, deciding to get more, get more involved and learn, learn more and connect more in the, in the pizza industry. Um, Cause prior to that, it was just, I, I don't know, I guess I would say it was kind of floating around. I, you know, Got my undergraduate degree, got my master's degree. Um, it took me a while to find a job after getting uh, getting my master's degree. Even with a master's degree, you would think, right? And it's just like, and you know, the job I had was like, it was just like whatever. So it was just like kind of floating around, right? And just indecisiveness. But like once I got into pizza, it was just like, okay, like this is something I'm gonna. My chips are all in. I'm gonna kind of forge my own path here and not have the regrets I've had with like kind of, kind of my prior experiences. Hmm. 
when you say your chips are all in, um, you know, would you consider yourself still having your chips all in though, even though you weren't really full time? Um, I would say when I say my chips all in, I would say like just the dedication, right? Cause like I, mm. I wasn't, I wasn't full time. Right. But like I was working full time at my regular job. And on top of that, I was doing my family's business on the side. So that, it was exhausting, man. Like for a while, I thought I was going to go like, I was going to lose my mind because it was, you know, Monday through Friday, I would do my, my office job, uh, sometimes late hours there. Then right. I would have to go my family's pizzeria. Uh, sometimes on Fridays, it would just be, I'd be up 24 hours or more because sometimes I would skip or just like, yeah, because we were open until to 5 a.m. So most of our business, I would say, was after 9 p.m., you know, because Astoria is, you know, a neighborhood with, with bars and where people go to party. And after they party, they want to they eat something. So that's when it would get busy. And that's when I had to be there. So doing that Friday nights, Saturday nights, uh, plus the plus the full-time job. You know, when I say I was all in, I was like, I had to dig and find the energy to do that for a couple of years and like, just kind of keep it together. Um, yeah. So I was all in with regard to that. And I, I guess that was kind of like my buy-in into like being relevant in the industry, like having to like experience that kind of hardship, let's say, and just like knowing what it's like when sometimes it just doesn't seem fair right like uh you want people to feel bad like oh you had a hard week whatever like a lot of, like at 2 a.m like a guy's who's had like a couple of beers i mean he's, he doesn't give a shit about it, you know like you're weak mm. or whatever <laughs> it's just you have you have to deal you have to deal with it such a unique experience i mean there are obviously no other sirhans out there um I think there are also just, uh, there are no other Sirhans that are like you, obviously, but then there are, I think there are just, you know, very few people out there that can say, oh, I got a master's degree, worked full time, helped my parents' business, ran a pop-up. Um, you have a unique experience that you bring to pizza. You have a unique, unique journey so far, and it seems like you have uh, a unique journey to continue forward. You know, I think there's still a lot of unknowns in this. Obviously, it's that's life. Um, but much like a video game, you're just gonna keep exploring and <laughs> and uh, try to get to the end. I mean, is that is that the point of a video game to try to co to conquer it, complete it until the next game? Not every game. What do you, you, what do you see as the end goal? Oh, okay. Uh, sometimes just like living it. Yeah. It means to itself, right? Um, I don't know if you've ever played like. Animal Crossing, if you've heard of that, it was pretty big during the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. that, that was the game that I played uh, during lockdown. But there's no real end to that game. Right? You just kind of keep playing every day. And I've, I've heard the analogy for this game called... It, people have often compared it to like a bonsai tree, right? It's just like you kind of just take care of your, your island and you just kind of live your life there. And, and I think with... With what I'm trying to, I'm just, I'm just doing my thing, you know. I'm not trying to like, like toot my own horn or anything, or like, 
show off my accomplishments. I'm just like, I'm just doing it. You know, I'm just living the experiences and just enjoying them and connecting and discovering. Um, you know, there doesn't have to be like some kind of end goal. Um, I think just making the commitment to, to live it is a goal in itself. I love that. I love that so much. You know, I, I always wonder like if I'm ever going to have an end to this podcast, if it's, but I, I think it's almost impossible. Like I can set a limit if I wanted to, Sure. but why not continue to just hear people's st stories, hear people's stories, learn about them and share them. Yeah. That could be infinite. I mean, you know, sometimes things don't really have an ending, right? Like it's not always like a, like a book where it's just like, you get to the last page. My, my family's pizzeria and my, my parents, when they retired, it was like really, but it's like little fanfare. There wasn't really any like, like goodbye to our customers or like congratulating my parents. It was just, it just kind of just happened. Right. Um, but that could mean, you know, there was no real ending, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's the story is still going and maybe what I'm doing mm. is kind of like the continuation of it. Yeah. If you You're the next level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next level of the game. Not not saying your pizza is superior yeah. to theirs in any way, but like Yeah. I mean you're, when you're the when, next uh chapter. When when the Go store ahead. was open, like I knew like at a point like it was gonna come to an end, right? Like my parents were already older and running a business in New York is insane. So I always did think like, you know, what's going to come after this. So I think thinking about what's next did kind of influence like my brand. Just trying to guess and think about hey, what's going to, what's going to come next. Love it. Oh, this brand is, is so much deeper than just next level. I, I only have a logo. <laughs> I only have a logo. <laughs> I have a logo. Yeah. I have you a, didn't make any. Yeah. I have a logo. I have an Instagram post and a separate account right now, but yeah, the ideas are in my mind. Um, I'm gonna try to you know, flesh them out over the coming months, but even if it doesn't, here we have it on the record. Like, like this is this is my philosophy, and this is what I'm trying to put into pizza making. I love that. I love that so much. Let's um, let's start winding down here. I have sure. a few questions that I always ask. Uh, let's go into wrap rapid fire um questions uh short sentences uh if you can um what flower do you use if you have a consistent one? Oh boy <laughs> uh this one's not fair because like i play around with different flowers all the time but i would i will say that the flower i've probably used the most has been king arthur's special patent just because it's been like kind of my go-to and like the most flexible i'll blend most of my flowers with that flower um, got it it's, it's a bread flour uh 12.7 protein so i'll i'll add maybe you know fresh grains to it or i'll add like a lower protein flour to it but that's that's been kind of my go-to okay cheese you have a favorite um i don't have a favorite cheese but i do want to say that i am very partial to white cheddar um just because it's been kind of such a great like tool, let's say. White cheddar has been the cheese that my family use at 
our pizzeria for their Greek style pizza. They blended it with the uh, uh, low moisture mozzarella. But that's the same cheese that I used to make my Detroit style pizza. And I've made bar, bar pizza with it and I've made cracker thin with it. And I feel like it's such a versatile cheese that's like uh, underappreciated and just needs to be used more, I think, in the industry. Tomatoes. What do you use for tomatoes? Depends what I'm making. Um, you know, if I'm making my Detroit style pizza, I'll go with Stanislaus, uh, a blend of the 7-Eleven and the uh, Super Dolce. But really, it's going to depend on what I'm making. Uh, I love what they do. I love what that company does. Uh, you know, I like the people at Pianco de Napoli. Uh, I've been to the Chow factory in Naples. I, I like what they do. But really, it depends on what kind of pizza I'm making and what flavor profile I'm going for. Good for good tomatoes. That's what I. That's what I. Uh, that's what I like. Great answer. Uh, oven. What oven do you use? So my family's pizzeria had a Blodgett deck oven, um, which you know that's what I grew up with. That was like my idea of what a deck pizza oven is. Uh, I have plenty of burns on my arms from that oven, <laughs> just from like, <laughs> the the door running into the door of the oven on my arms. Um, that's what we had. Uh, I'm pretty partial to that just from like a sentimental point of view. But at my apartment, I use just like, just like a regular, I think, Frigidaire oven. It says it goes to 500, but I've clocked it at like 530 with two steels in it. Mm. That's what I use at home. Uh, my family's place, which is pretty close by, is where I keep my outdoor ovens. So I have a Uni Coda 16, which I really enjoy. Uh, big fan of that oven. Uh, I also have an Uni Pro 3, which I'll use sometimes if I want to play with wood fire. So we have some some, some chopped wood in our backyard. Um, and I also have a Breville, which I, I'll use on occasion for parties. Nice, 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 nice. Uh, if you had one topping to finish your pizzas with, what would that be? A lot, but I really <laughs> like Calabrian chili oil. That thing, like, yeah. will like make like any pizza taste awesome. It's just <laughs> you can take like like a veggie pie and make it really savory when you use that. It's just it tastes good. Um, the color is cool. It's such a great like finishing finishing uh, ingredient, and that's that's the answer I'm gonna go with because there's there's a lot. There are a lot of uh, different ingredients, but like that is like kind of my, uh, I don't know, what's the uh, ace in the hole? Is that the, the term? Or like ace up my sleeve? Yeah. A ace in your pocket. <laughs> sure. Pocket. All of those work. Of, yeah. yeah. Secret weapon. It's your secret weapon. Exactly. <laughs> and if you had to describe your pizza in one sentence, kind of like an elevator pitch, how would you do that? Oh, boy. I want to be modest here, right? So my pizza is ever-evolving, I would say. It's a product of years of learning and openness and connections with other pizza makers. It's the sum of my experiences. Nice, 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 nice. I love that. Um... Okay, so two questions to always end the show. First one, 
What is one mistake that people can avoid in the pizza business? The pizza business. Uh, I've been I've been thinking about changing that. Sure. To just pizza. Uh, yeah. So. Because you're, so you're going to get more you, guests that are, you know, that don't really have like a brick and mortar, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I've I've also just uh, just had uh, people talk about their observations as a as a consumer. Yeah. What are what are um, what are operators, you know, making this mistake on? So if you want to take it from that, that perspective, you can, you can talk, you can take it from the perspective of you working at a, uh, owning and owning yeah, yeah. a pizzeria, or you can do it as a consumer. Um, I'm going to say having like a sense of openness, right? Because if you're mm. too rigid, you might not be responsive to what the business is telling you at once. Right. And I, I remember hearing this from, from Brian Spangler that the business tells you what it wants, right? So if you, if the business is telling you like it needs to do delivery or it needs to offer a certain kind of pizza or ingredient or just some kind of service, like it's not saying like, you know, the customer's always right kind of a thing, but like at least be open to listening to what it is telling you because you might be able to make some kind of change that's going to help you. I love that. Yeah, you have to be open. You have to be flexible. And what do you want to leave the audience with today? Uh, I mean, we did that whole podcast just now, right? Uh, what else can I leave you with? Um, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a that's a loaded question there. Um, I guess again, openness. Be open to different ideas, different experiences, uh, understanding that pizza is larger than me or you or like bigger than Lombardi's, bigger than any of the change, like any Pizza Hut or Domino's. It's, you know, it's, it's something that's created, you know, like going back to what I was saying about the orange, origins of wheat from the Fertile Crescent, right? Like, it, it's larger than all of us, right? So you got to think big picture when it comes to pizza and, and bread making because it's, it's this ingredient that's from the earth that has infinite possibilities, right? You can, you can do so much with it. So keep an open mind about what that ingredient can do. Wow. Great, great, great answer. Um, can we, can I get you to explain something real quick as a yeah, bonus yeah. episode for me? Sure, sure. Um, can you talk to me about um, par baking? Earlier you had mentioned par baking cracker style crust. Talk yeah. to me about that. Um, do you want to know kind of like the why or? Yeah. Um, yeah, if you can give me an ingredient, uh, a recipe, if you can go with a why, or sure. what are you trying to accomplish? Um, so par baking, I, I'm, I like par baking. Um, I think this is sometimes a point of contention for some people for some reason. Um, I just find it as another way of accomplishing a goal, right? Um, so par baking, I sometimes do with my Detroit style. Sometimes I'll bake everything all together, like the cheese and the sauce, all the ingredients at once. Totally cool. That's awesome. Like great, 
awesome pizza. Um, you'll have a different product. Like I think it'll be like softer, um, different texture to it. Uh, by par baking, you kind of bake it to a point where you're basically stopping the fermentation and like the crust is just starting to form. And you have this product where you can finish baking at a later point, right? So that's what I do with my Detroit style. So I'll, I'll do a par bake like a day in advance. And there's a couple advantages here where it's like, you know, one part of the work is already done with the baking. Two, uh, you're able to kind of plan ahead more, right? Now you have this, you have this crust that you can like move around. Uh, you don't have to wait for, for it to rise. You don't have to like wait for it to be at a certain point. Um, you're able to manage your time a little bit better, and logistically, it's 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 easier to work with. So, this is something I'm trying to apply to Crackers Thin. And I, I talked to Nicole Bean about this a little bit because she was offering uh, Chicago Cracker Thin at uh, her place in Texas. So I'm creating the the shell, right? I did like a three minute bake on these and in a home oven. What temperature? Um, Like 500. I just like as, as hot as my oven went. So I baked them for three, three minutes. Uh, just starting to brown the bottom, but like. I have I have a crust essentially, right? Like uh, it's not like shatter cracker thin at the moment. It's just something I can work off of. So now I can take these somewhere else and finish it. Uh, my intention is to use it in the uni, right? So like I, all I have to do is like put the sauce and cheese on it and then finish it in the uni, uh, with the intention that you know it uh, the final product will be cracker thin and. We'll, we'll kind of have the chew and structure of a cracker. And the the recipe I used on this um, was based off of uh, Pizza Bible, Tony Gimignani's book. Uh, no oil, surprisingly. Like I, I like I honestly think that recipe is probably one of the best and like easiest and most bang for your buck recipes in that book. But it's like it's like somewhere in the middle. It's in the Chicago section, like after a deep dish. But it is mm -hmm. like it's such a great recipe. It uses a poolish, which is like a pre-ferment, no oil, and he he does recommend like just baking, I think with just the tomato sauce, and then doing a bake with that, and then adding the, the cheese. But I, I've seen like videos of him where like he'll bake just a crust, and then apply the sauce and cheese after. Uh, but you get like this product that's like really has a good chew. And because it's so thin and because you do like that par baking step, you're able to get like a full bake. And I think that's why it's like, it's so, so such an mm. awesome pizza. Got uh, it. But yeah. So what I'm trying to do here is um, basically save time. Mm -hmm. So are you, are you docking it then? And then adding, are you, and you're not adding any sauce to yours, but you're docking it and then baking it. For the yeah, for the, the shell, I'm using a rolling pin to kind of roll it out. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes, if like the cornichone, if this, the the edge is like too puffy, I like I'll use a pizza cutter to to cut off the edge. Or if I need to like kind of get like a bit more of a perfect circle, and then I like I'll like pat down the, the edges because I don't want like like a New York style 
cornichone. I want something that's like a bit flatter. So I'll stretch it out and then in cornmeal, I'll do this. And then I'll, I'll dock it with the, the dough docker. Mm, got it. And then you're freezing them or keeping them in the fridge until they're ready? Um, right now. Or are you just taking this, them to go? Yeah, this right is just away. in the fridge right now. This is like, I would say this is like just an experiment I'm working on right now. Um, I also, I, I, I kind of got, I think, pigeonholed into kind of being known for Detroit style when it's like, I want to, you know, get into more different styles and like, get, you know, go down routes that there's, that there's more to be learned from, you know? Um, and it's just, it's, it's such a great tasting pizza. So, and if, if this par baking thing works, I think it'd be like very useful for like future events and parties. Oh yeah. You and I had, um, cracker style in, at, in Vegas at the pizza expo. And that just kind of kicked off this hunt in me. I was like, oh my goodness, this is addicting. I, I went so to Tony's. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Capo's afterwards and got a cracker thin. And I, I got a cracker thin in San Jose uh, from last round. And I um, and I opened up the pizza Bible just the other day, but then yeah. I realized I needed some cornmeal. Um, and you, you had mentioned you had a mock mill. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I've seen you and you said you were, you know, grounding up the, the corn. Yep. Uh, corn. What is it? Popcorn popcorn you're yeah. just grinding up popcorn yep yeah no I, I freaking way yeah and then i uh i sift that so i get like the finer bits of it and i use that in the dough and when i'm stretching it and when i'm putting on the peel oh that's, yeah. that's exciting yeah that is it's, exciting. it's such it's such a useful tool like it's not just for 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 wheat i've you know i've milled uh like my own rice flour which i'll use for when i'm making bread um you know, other, other flowers. There's some things you're not supposed to mill with it. Like, like oilier products, like, uh, like coffee beans, you're not supposed to, cause it, it might mess up the, the stone, but there's sure. so much you can do with it. You can like beans. And I've, I've built like lentils with it. Okay. And final, final topic, uh, final question of this whole cracker, uh, of this whole cracker, uh, style. Sure. Um, is what are you what are you topping it with do you have you experimented with that anything you like um when i made it a couple months ago um you know i i, I followed pretty closely with the the toppings that were in pizza bible uh, i did yeah. like a sauteed spinach and ricotta and that was pretty good i've also just done like a simple pepperoni it's a it's a great party pizza because if you look at some of the origin stories of the style it was offered at pubs, I think, I think during Pro Prohibition. And it's supposed to be like, you know, you have your drink in one hand and a piece of this, you know, it's cut into a square, right? So you have like one piece of the pizza on a napkin. So it's very, it's very good for like parties where you just want like a small piece and you don't want like a full blown slice. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, really I, trying I to, I love yeah, it. I'm really trying to get into, you know, the, I don't know if people consider them related, but like the cracker thin and like bar pizza space. Cause like the bar thing is, it's almost related to my family's Greek style. You know, it's like, it's a pan pizza, but it's like thinner, but it also uses cheddar a lot of times. So, um, mm. again, this is why, you know, when you ask me like what my favorite cheese is, 
that's why I gave you that as the answer because like I can use it for so many styles other than New York. And kind of just going along with the philosophy of what we talked about in the conversation is that you have this open-mindedness to you and this also this this um this approach to pizza where you you connect your differing experiences and so that's what people need to look out for um after listening to this bonus episode look out for the podcast coming soon with sirhan thank you Idriff. i had a great great time talking with you i you know big honor to be invited here and share my experiences and just to talk to you man like you're a cool guy and i love what you're doing uh just talking to all these different people in the industry and getting to hear them talk to you is just really, really cool. So thank you. Thank you so much, brother. You are super dope. I was going to say equally dope, but then I had to correct myself. <laughs> you are dope to a next level. And I know what you just are, like but what your am pizza I? brand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and you're, you're freaking always coming at me with the witty jokes. So uh, keep up what you're doing. Um, catch Sirhan um, at Next Level Pizza and on IG. Everything's going to be linked. I don't know why I'm doing this. I never really do that. I, but, I'll just um, link to yeah. yeah, you can link to there, but also just link to my primary handle for now. There's not much going on at the moment, but you know, in the future. Yeah, for sure. And watch watch this uh brand develop over time. Um and yeah, just thank you so much for your time, Saron. I, I thank really you, appreciate your friendship. I appreciate you taking the time today and um allowing me to share your story. My pleasure, man. Sirhan, thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk to me and the listeners. I appreciate you meeting up with me and eating pizza in San Jose, sweating with me in the hot summer of New York in front of Andrew Bellucci's spot, and being just a really good homie to walk around the convention center with at Pizza Expo. I wish you the best of luck with your pizza journey and this new venture. To you, the listener, I hope you grab yourself a friend like Sirhan. <laughs> All jokes aside, I really hope you enjoyed this one, and I really do encourage you to continue your education and networking and making these connections because, because pizza is meant to be shared, not just on a plate, but also through dialogue. I just want to make a quick announcement. I have a new podcast survey out, and I'm looking for your feedback. If you've already filled out the one in the past, don't worry. This is a completely new one, and I would greatly appreciate it if you can help me push the show forward. I want to know what you love and don't love about the show, but this survey is a little bit different. So if you can fill it out, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your listenership. Till next time. Peace.